I'm delighted to be joined by former Peach United winger Chris Welkdale. Um, Chris, first and foremost, staying safe? Yeah, staying safe, staying at home and uh, looking after the kids at the moment. Yeah, you've got a garden project going on as well. I think this is part of, yeah. the, part of what adult, uh, adulthood and uh, being a dad is all about at the moment. Exactly, yeah. Very green fingers at the moment. Been laying some new lawn and stuff. So, no, it's keeping me busy and uh, playing with the kids, keeping them occupied as well. Fantastic. Well, I want to talk to you about your time at, at Peterborough United. Um, there were a lot of players that were signed from non-league during the era that you were with the football club, but probably nobody from as low as the level you were playing at. Can you sort of remember much about how Peterborough first came on the radar for you? Yeah, so I was, I was at Billericay Town at the time in the Ryman Prem at the time. Yeah, that was back then. Um, and I joined partway through the season, actually, at Billericay. There was a bit of confusion with a, a contract that I'd signed uh, in non-league. And, um, uh, yeah, I had, a, I had a really good season playing right wing, scored 14 goals. And towards the end of the season, we had, like, I heard there was a lot of interest from other, other teams. There was, I think it was Swansea, Southend and, and Peterborough. Swansea obviously were a bit lower back then. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, Southend was on my doorstep. Um, I knew a lot about them. But I, Peterborough sort of just sort of sprung to my, it was like moving away from home, sort of learning a lot uh, and sort of, yeah, sort of grow up a little bit as well at a, at a young age. So um, yeah, so yeah, I decided to pick Peterborough. They were an ambitious team at the time and that's why I made my choice, yeah. Did you see it more of a, a challenge to sort of see a bit more about your identity as a person as well as progressing your career then? Yeah, definitely. It's an opportunity. I was I sort of got on the property ladder quite early. Uh, it was a time for me to grow up and sort of move away from home as well. So if I, I could have stayed and made the easy um, choice of going to South End, um, but I thought it was the right choice at the time to, to go to Peterborough and it um, ended up being quite good. <laughs> what do you remember about the actual negotiations in terms of contract? Because speaking to other players, they said they went into a room with Barry. Barry said a figure, I ain't moving from that. That's how it is. You take it or leave it. Is that pretty much how it was for you? Because I guess as a non-league player, um, did you have an agent at the time? How was it working? No, it was just, just me and my dad. Um, yeah, that was pretty much the scenario that happened. <laughs> um, but um, as it, was, it was an opportunity for me. So um, it was one that I wasn't really going to turn down. It would give me an opportunity to, to play professional football full time. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever the deal was, I think I was going to take it anyway. So I was happy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bizarre because obviously you speak to a lot of players and, and they were full time. You were actually part time, as you mentioned. Was, was that something that you feared or was it something you really were excited about testing yourself at? Uh, no, I, I didn't really f fear it at all. No, I was, I was really looking forward to it, obviously. Uh, and I've always been quite a fit player. Um, so sort of the daily... Uh, training sessions I wasn't really that worried about so um, no it was just just an exciting prospect really. What did the manager say to you because uh, again negotiations the money side is obviously what Barry deals with best and then yeah. obviously the manager would come in and talk to you about football what did he say to you uh, during those conversations C can you remember much about what was said or was it more about <laughs> your side? <so> open-eyed? <laughs> I can't remember the details really I really can't no. I mean, I suppose for you, again, it would have been a bit of a blur because, you know, you were sitting in front of a, a manager of a professional football club and it was just a case of, right, I'm signing. I don't really care what you say. I'm going to work hard for you and try and get in the team. Was that how it was? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure you saw my, uh, my first interview with you. It was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I think, that obviously, 
the, the step up was always going to be massive for any player making that leap. But you seem to take it in your stride quite quickly. Did you have a, a wonderful first week in training? Can you remember much about the, the, the level of intensity that you were training at? Um, my, my, the fitness side of it, I think, I think that helped me actually to sort of it, to stand out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been at the, at the top at the front of running and this, that and the other. So straight away, that's the first thing you do, I suppose, in football, isn't it, in pre-season? Mm-hmm. And that's the first thing a manager will see. So if you're doing well in that, they're going, oh, it can spark something, can't it? So mm-hmm. that could possibly be uh, one reason, obviously, um, I think I had a good preseason football-wise as well. So um, yeah, I didn't go in expecting to. I think I started the first game of the season, and I didn't go in there expecting to start, and that sort of shocked me a little bit. But um, no, it was uh, yeah, I really enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed that. It's brilliant. Obviously, the, the players you had around you, there was a, a, a particularly in League Two. Obviously, there was a splattering of experienced players like your Micah Hyde, your Dean Keats's. Chris Westwood's obviously that were around, but predominantly it was a very young dressing room. Um, did you feel, because you, from recollection, apart from your shock in Barnet, you were quite a mature lad for your age. Did you feel quite, um, hello, yeah, you've had a right game. Did, did you feel like you, you were, you'd found a niche in the dressing room quite quickly? Yeah, I think we all, we all bonded so quickly. I think, as you said, we're all young, we're all hungry, but all sort of, a lot of them have come from non-league, so they're kind of in the same kind of shoes. Uh, and that mix with the experience as well, I think really helped to ground everyone uh, and get on the right track. And we all, we all lived in each other's, like on at each other's doorsteps. We were always with each other 24 seven. We'd, we'd go to training, go back home, we'd be like spending more time with each other, having dinner with each other. So that um, really helped us bond really quickly. Yeah, I guess everyone talks about the team spirit at that time and and you can engineer team spirit or it can be quite natural. I think in in that instance, it was quite natural because, as you say, there was a lot of people coming in at the same age. So it made sense to socialise. There weren't many people that arrived with partners either. So I guess sharing sharing cooking duties was inevitable. Yeah, we're all single. uh, Yeah, lads, we're out houses and sort of going between houses of, um, and cooking for each other and stuff. I think I, I ended up being one of the top chefs, I think. What was your speciality <laughs> at the time? So, um, no, yeah. I, I do think that that helped with, those, with the success that we had there. Mm. Like, it did come naturally, as you said. Like, we didn't have to work for that morale. Uh, we were all like on each other's doorsteps and with each other every single day. So that definitely helped. At what point during that League Two season did you feel that automatic promotion was on the agenda? Because obviously we'd had some very good results, um, but there were obviously three go up automatically from League Two and obviously had the playoffs. Um, did you feel that the, the squad was capable of getting automatic promotion? So, like obviously my, being my, my first year, I, I, I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest. I know uh, a few of the players uh, from before and... Obviously, the clubs, uh, Darren McCanty is obviously really ambitious and wanted the club to, to go forward and he got a great manager, like Darren Ferguson there. So I had a kind of a vision in my head, but I didn't think it would happen so quickly like, like it happened, like back-to-back promotions, like you said. Yeah. Uh, I sort of come into thinking, oh, it's, it's easy. You just turn up and you, and you, and you win. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so... Oh, what was I saying there? You were just talking and rambling and I was just listening. <laughs> no, no problem. Um, in terms of the, the game at Hereford, obviously speaking to Keatsy, he scored the, the winning goal that got us promoted, a diving header. 
probably not textbook for a five foot two player like Dean Keats. Obviously, you put the ball in for him. That game at Hereford and, and that day, um, I don't think many people expected us to get promoted on that day because there was obviously a few permutations. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you remember about that? Do, do you remember putting the ball in? Do you remember Dean Keats throwing himself at it? Yeah, no, I remember that game really well, really well. Um, yeah, I, just, I think I just put my head down, tried to get, beat my player. I managed to get, like, cut the ball because I was right at the by byline, I think, right in the corner. So I managed to get my foot around him and just put it in the box and sort of hope for the best. And yeah, Keatsy, little man, was there to poke it in. It was brilliant. I mean, great thing. Yeah, you, you were sort of uh, an, an old school winger to a certain extent. I don't want to, I don't want to um, describe you as a David Beckham. However... <laughs> David Beckham wasn't someone necessarily who would dribble past someone and get to the byline with pace and, and whip it. And you were, you were very technically gifted and also great at getting the ball in early, which I guess when you have the strikers that we did, kind of suited their style quite well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I think I was a bit, a bit more old school in terms of like uh, how I played. I think I've changed a little bit now, actually. I, sort of, I do tend to drift more inside, where mm -hmm. then I used to stay out quite wide, uh, as you said, put quite a lot of early, early deliveries in. And when you've got the likes of Boydie, the backstick, and Aaron and Craig um, that can get in front of people, that's, that's sort of what you've got to do, really. I always remember the game at, um, at Cheltenham, the 6-3, the um, which um, I think uh, Aaron scored inside two. I mean, uh, Boydie scored, then Aaron scored. I think you, you scored at the backstick. Yeah, you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but but that was what it was in League Two, wasn't it? You had so much firepower that if you conceded a goal, you'd go down the other end and score. It, I guess it was a four-four-two, but in reality, it was a four-two-four, wasn't it? With the players that you had, that must have been so enjoyable to be involved in. Oh yeah, having having the freedom to go forward and knowing that you've got the attacking force to do it um, was yeah, it was brilliant, and it was it was great that. Um, Darren Ferguson gave us that freedom to go and express ourselves and do what we want in the final third. But but then knowing we we had a, a secure back four six to sort of um, to look, if we do lose it and they break that they can keep a solid line for us. So um, no, it, that that definitely helped when going forward. You knew if you had a solid back, you, it doesn't matter too much if you did give it away. It's strange to say, but there was another tactic that. When the goalkeeper had it, they would try and pick you out on the on the right wing, get us up the pitch, yes. you'd win the header, and suddenly we were we were going forward. Football can be so simple, so so many times. Yeah, that, that that has been a thing that's been used quite a lot in my career. Obviously, my timing, my heading was was quite good. So when you've got someone like Joe Lewis that can pick you out uh, and flick it on to to rapid forwards, um, that was definitely a way out. And other clubs that I've been at have have used that as well. And I think it's quite a useful tool to have. Before we go on to, before we go on to League One, um, just in terms of the style of, of play, obviously you had George on the left um, and yourself on the right, and then you had the two experienced men in the middle. How important were Micah Hyde and Dean Keats to that success that year? Yeah, the, the, their, their voice was really important. They're both quite vocal and like to get to, to have them and getting you getting tucked in and not getting carried away and uh, like, encouraging at the right times, getting on your back at the right times, all those things really helped us youngsters, I think. Definitely me, um, obviously, coming into it. Um, so, no, it's, yeah, you, you can't not have a team with those kind of characters uh, mm -hmm. in the middle. And that summer, the chairman was very vocal and said he wanted to get promoted again. As a young player, were you listening to that and thinking, yeah, let's, let's, let's go for it? Or were you a little bit worried that that wouldn't be the case? 
Um, no, I, well, it was my first season. I got one out of one. It was brilliant. So I was like, yeah, let's go again. <laughs> uh, and I said, with the morale that we had, we were sort of like, we, we thought we were unstoppable kind of thing. So um, I think we had a few more additions that year. And um, yeah, we, we cracked on again. And it was uh, another great, a great season. Yeah, that season, of course, there were so many big teams in the league. Leeds were in the league. Leicester were in the league. Um, and and you, you sort of kind of went in a little bit more as an underdog because in League Two, I guess people from the outside would have thought, ah, oh, a bit of money being put into that football club, they should get out of that league. Whereas to get out of League One wasn't expected. So did you like the, the role of the underdog? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I, I think um, we, the team that we have, that we were all young, young and hungry. So um, I think that, again, that helped. And I think going off the back of... Um, getting promoted from League Two uh, really helped as well. That sort of gave us that extra confidence. So, um, yeah, I think we all, all believed it. I think we, we didn't go in there thinking um, that we, we didn't have a chance. We were just there to add up the numbers. We went in, we were, we were drilled into it. It was drilled into us as well from, from the manager. He was really, really positive about that and saying, look, this is, this, we can do this. Um, so, yeah, that definitely helped as well. And some really notable results. Obviously, Leicester and Leeds stand out because, again, massive crowds, big ex- big expectation from the opponents in terms of getting a result and, and obviously turning them over. You scored, I think it was the Leicester game you scored in, wasn't it? Um, the second goal. What was that moment like for you? That was a, yeah, I think I was having quite a good period um, with quite a few games where I was scoring quite a few goals around that time. So... Um, so when you get the ball, you feel a bit more confident around around goal when you're scoring. And uh, yeah, I do remember that. It was a pretty packed uh, London Road, and um, well, it's not called that anymore, is it? It was London Road when you were playing, so that's fine. Um, and uh, yeah, that feeling of uh, the second one going in, and sort of knowing that the, the win was was coming, it was an amazing feeling. I'd, I'd still see the video back and seeing us all celebrating together. It's, it's, it's amazing. And when you look back now of all the things you've achieved in your career, I guess that moment and that feeling would be up right up there just purely because, you know, I mean, Leicester went on to win the Premier League. I know it wasn't that side, but you, you can always say you scored against the Premier League winning side. Yeah, I, I say that to the boys now. <laughs> I've played against the boys. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great moment. Obviously, again, playing against Leeds and, and, and clubs like that. Did you sort of have a pinch yourself moment because although you were riding the crest of a wave and enjoying yourself, you were still a lad that, what, 18 months prior had been playing for Villaricky, no, no offence yeah, to Yeah, definitely. When, when you're sort of walk, going like, away games, you're walking into those kind of stadiums uh, and watching them on TV and seeing them in the, in the premiership. Um, yeah, it's, you do have to kind of pinch yourself a little bit, but you can't let that like, take over. You have to sort of get into football mode and, and sort of get on with it. So, um, but no, it was, it's something sometimes I didn't, I don't, sometimes I didn't think I took it in enough. When you look back on it, I go, I wish I sort of really like treasured that moment. Um, sometimes you do take it for granted when you're sort of going to nice stadiums and stuff all the time. Um, but yeah, that's one thing I do like, yeah, going to yeah. those kind of stadiums is pretty cool. Yeah, I think as well, I guess the older you get and the more you become reflecting, there's always that phrase, isn't it, footballers? never take the moment in or, or the career goes so fast that you can never really ex- enjoy the moment do you sometimes feel that that if you if you're able to slow it down just a little bit you go home and actually reflect a bit more yeah definitely and i, I actually remember keatsy saying it he said boys 
like it goes so quickly like take it in and enjoy it like when we when were at Peterborough and I was like oh yeah yeah whatever when you're young you just sort of feel like that's fine and uh no it really did it really did and um I definitely say that to, to up and coming people like just take it all in and don't take it for granted because hmm. it does go fast. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, the Colchester game then. Obviously, Charlie's been living off that moment and will continue to live off that yeah, moment yeah. <laughs> for many, many years to come. Um, speaking to, again, speaking to players that have been involved in that day, they never really felt that they were, speaking to Boydie, they, they, he never really felt we were in danger of conceding in that game, um, although it was only 1-0. Take aside the last sort of moments of the game and the and the celebrations live on Soccer Saturday. Um, but the actual game itself, did you ever feel that there was anything other than that win going to be chalked up? I can't really remember that game. All I can remember is me running around afterwards with a top hat on. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's the thing. It's like, cause the, the game itself, obviously Charlie scored the goal and everybody's got a vision of that I goal. Mean, that's, that's, to be fair, I think that's all I remember. Chaz's goal... And then us all doing like a uh, holding hands, sliding in front of our fans, and me wearing a top hat. That was that's it. That was my memories of that day. <laughs> when I spoke to Boydie about it, because the, the ironic thing was that um, we weren't. The MK Don still had seven minutes to play, and I think one of the people with the chairman had said the game's over. Go and celebrate. And it well, it wasn't actually over. We could have we could have actually been on all of those TV nightmare shows. Yeah, yeah but I guess in the moment, nobody was ever going to stop you, were they? No, point. exactly. No, when, when when one person when it starts spreading and you think you have, you it's, you you go on, you you sort of get on with it. Um, but yeah, imagine. Could you imagine if, if uh, that did happen? God, that'd be a bit embarrassing, wouldn't it? I think so. What about the the journey home? Did you um, come back on the bus? Because a few few players went their own way, and 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 I know speaking of Dean Keats, I know he wasn't on the bus on the promotion for Hereford because he had a, an emergency within his family and obviously didn't get to soak that moment up. I, I guess you must have been on the back of the bus with a few uh, light ales. I think because I'm, I'm from Brentwood, I actually think I went back. I don't know if I can't, I can't remember if I went back home that day yeah, or not. I think, I think my plan probably was to, but then I think we ended up going out with the team. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I, I remember the Hereford bus journey quite a lot. We all stopped off and filled the coach up with alcohol and, <laughs> this that, and the other um and i'm pretty sure yeah the first part of the journey uh of the after the culture was involved a little bit of alcohol <laughs> yeah and, and obviously when you get promoted the, the the thing that follows that naturally is an open top sort of bus parade around the city and and, and i guess those are moments that uh, can be a little bit more surreal than actually winning the league because essentially you're on the top of a bus waving for about 45 minutes and posing for photos. Did you, can you remember, did you your family there? Do you, do you know what, what, what that felt like? Yeah, that was another amazing, amazing time. And, and I think that that's when you sort of have to sort of take it all in. They're the sort of moments you have to remember. Um, it's not very, not many people get an opportunity to do that. Um, and it was something that I'll, I'll sort of remember like forever. And then there's, we've got pictures and videos that I can show the, show the boys and stuff. So it's something I'm really proud of. And um, not many people can say they've done that in the first two years of professional football. Back-to-back <laughs> -back promotions, getting two open-top bus parades. Um, Chaz is probably another one that can say that because he's got the same kind of career as me. <laughs> And he will. Um, where, are the, where are the medals? Do, 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 you, do you know where they are? Have you, do your family have them? Or, um, you're not going to sort of, yeah. there's, one, there's one just here. Yeah, yeah, fine. 
That was my first, that was the first one. So that was the uh, League Two mm -hmm. runner-up. And yeah. that's, that's the, that was a winner's one at Gillingham in League Two. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're going to start calling your medals, I think. Um, Mum and Dad have got, um, they've got a little bar in their garden, so they've got a signed shirt in their garden. That was, I think that was a, um, the Hereford one. Yeah. Um, so the promotion, the big open top bus tour, the, the, what happened in the summer? Um, so that summer, we, what did we have that summer? God, this is quite a long time ago. <laughs> we had a few parties, but um, it was nice to go away in the summer, knowing that if you achieve something, mm. like I've, I've, with other seasons that have that come after that, you sort of go away and you're like, you feel like a bit devastated that you've the season come to nothing kind mm. of thing. It was, and it, I definitely enjoyed my summers more, knowing that we'd really achieved something, mm. uh, and. Yeah, as I said, like in other clubs, when that happened, you sort of you noticed it. Mm. I think I was spoiled a little bit coming into two back-to-back -back promotions. Yeah, everyone talks about the, the, the championship the first time around at the football club because um, having got back-to-back -back promotions, the instinct would to say, let's see if we can do it again. Um, but the reality of the gap between League One and the championship was huge. Um, did you talk about that at all? Um, within players, did you did you sort of think to yourself, we just need to chill here and not be as excited? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think we went in sort of thinking that. Oh, I, I put like going, we're going to go and get promoted again. But um, we all, we all obviously you get you take that confidence in with you from getting promoted from League One. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think we all get, got carried away at all with um, thinking that we would go up again. Um, yeah, I just I was a bit gutted at you because that year I thought we started the season really well in terms of performances. Mm -hmm. We were playing really good football and dominating games, but we weren't taking our chances, uh, which was very unlike us. And then we were conceding the odd goal here, here and there. Um, so it was quite frustrating to start to the season. Mm. I think the, the thing about that championship year as well, there was a lot of obviously big teams at that level who knew how to win games in the championship. The championship's relentless, isn't it? You know, you talk about leagues one and one and two, but in the championship, you can't pinpoint a side and say you're going to get three points there because they're all of such incredible ability. And I, I guess mentally that must have been tough when you weren't picking up the results. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, like, the, the championship league's always so close. Um, and uh, I think that's something we all, we all knew it would be would be close and especially when you've got teams like um like Newcastle just got relegated that year yeah. um, so playing against teams like that we knew that if you make mistakes then you're going to get punished and I think that's sort of where you could kind of get away with that in the lower leagues but in this league if you if you make mistakes that's when you sort of you sort yeah. of you learn quick. What was it like playing at stadiums like St James's Park though I mean I think St James's Park is one of the ones that always stays in my mind um, and I think at the time they were having like some Mike Ashley, um, um, yeah. So um, it was so loud. I remember getting off that coach, and it was just so loud and quite intimidating. Um, but yeah, when you step out and you're sort of looking up and you look at, the, at how high the, the stands were, that was pr pretty pretty um, memorable game. Yeah, and it ended up being the Gaffer's last game as well. Um, uh, that was the, the game where obviously Aaron McLean didn't play and um, Darren ended up losing his job. Um, and then from there on in, obviously there was 
uh, a number of managers between then and the end of the season, including obviously Mark Cooper and obviously um, Gary Johnson um, before before the summer and obviously Darren coming back. Um, what sort of time was that to be a Peter United player? Wow, it's so like so different. Like we'd have we'd been up here the whole like up here the whole time in the clouds, but then you sort of you snap back to reality again, aren't you? Um, and it was something that I'd never experienced before, um, even at the non-league. I've not I hadn't experienced anything like that. So um, yeah, we everyone had to do a bit of growing up and sort of be mature about it and get on with it. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not it's not a nice time to go through as a player. Mm. As I said, you've just got to get on with it and keep keep playing the football and trying to keep um, getting out results. Yeah, speaking to others at the time and, and, and since, I think because there was a obviously a change of management and also then an influx of players, it really did affect the team spirit at that time because you'd obviously grown up together and had success together and then suddenly there were different people from different backgrounds. Was that really hard in the dressing room to again, find your place a little bit because inevitably, if you've been together with a group of players for a while, you tend to stick with them. Yeah. No, yeah, it's always, it's always difficult when, when new, new players come in. Um, but as I said, you've got to be mature about it and sort of, we're all in the same boat. We all try and want to achieve the same thing. So uh, we all sort of, get around each other, get to know each other quite quickly uh, and, and crack them with air. And it's always good for a team to have competition. So um, you've got to react, react the right way. Yeah, that following season under Gary Johnson, we scored a heck of a lot of goals, conceded a heck of a lot of goals as well. They were very big highs and very big lows, like Charlton at home when we got battered, obviously Brighton at home. Um, I remember that was the flag day and the top versus second. Um, did, did you feel that there was going to be a break in the ice in terms of a change at that point? Um, I don't really know, if I'm honest. No, I, I, it was when you sort of, repeatedly you get into a sort of like it's sort of like rut a little bit don't you where the results aren't going your way you're like come on is it going to come now is it going to come now but when you've got that little bit of doubt in your mind it's it's not easy to get out of that uh and yeah i i, I think we felt it was coming but and we were doing enough sometimes in games but we just kept slipping just kept slipping at that, that last little bit and uh yeah, it was, it was hard to take. It was hard to take. Yeah, I think that summer, everybody expected George Boyd to leave because he'd obviously been on loan at Forest beforehand. Um, well, I think we were out in either Portugal or Spain. And then the chairman drops this bombshell that George has signed a new contract. Um, as, as, someone, as a teammate of him, I, I guess that must have come as a little bit of a shock because most people anticipate, anticipated he would move on at that point. So when he committed himself for that season and, and moving forward, were you surprised, shocked, delighted? Uh, I was a bit, um, a bit devastated for him. Like, it was an opportunity to go a little bit higher uh, and play higher football. But um, for us, selfishly, we, we wanted to keep him. Uh, we need, you need players like him in the team that can really spur you, spur you on and uh, have that bit of class in the team. So, um, yeah, for as a selfish point of view, it was great for the team. But then it was a, like we obviously we were, felt bad for him because something like, opportunities don't come around like that, that often. Him, yeah. <laughs> Before we talk about the, the, the promotion and, and everything that goes with that, um, did you ever, when you were in the Championship or when we went back to League One, was there any talk about you getting a move elsewhere? Were the people sniffing around? Had you got an agent at that point? Was he, was he doing a bit of work on your behalf? I mean, um, you'd, you'd assume that with promotions on the CV, you'd be an in-demand player. 
No, I, I, I don't think I had an agent at that time. No, um, um, I, I was, I was just sort of getting on with things. Again, I was new to new to all that kind of like transfers and this kind of this thing. So I was just getting on with playing football really, and not sort of really worrying about that kind of thing. If it happens, it happens. If if you're playing well enough, you'll get spotted, and they'll they'll be interest, and they'll get in contact with you some somehow. So. Um, that's kind of how I sort of got on with it. I wasn't searching for things to happen. I was happy there. Obviously, at the time, it wasn't um, uh, like a bit up and down. Um, but um, yeah, I was, I was happy playing football at Peterborough. And then Darren Ferguson walks back into the building um, uh, for the second time. I, I guess that must have been a massive shock to the players, given how he'd obviously left previously. Um, did you have time to digest that, or was it a case of right? I'm back. Let's get back on the, the horse and see where we go. Yeah, there's a few rumours going around. I was, I was, I didn't really know what was going on <laughs> um, about like um, him maybe returning. And then I, rem- I remember the time we were all, all sitting in the dressing room before a game, and he sort of walked in, and we were like, "Wow, what's going on here?" And he had quite a big effect on us all. And I think there was some. Um, some happy people and not so happy people in the room as you get in any dressing room um any manager um so uh, it was a bit of a shock but um that was a good shock yeah and i think david oldfield was in charge of that game that we won and then obviously darren took over from there on in did he say to you straight away we're going to get promoted or we're going to aim to get promoted or was there anything that you remember from any conversation with him in those early points that you thought we can do this I think I think he came in and sort of carried on from where he kind of left off. Um, I didn't see much of a change in terms of uh, how he was coaching us, and he was always always drilling it into us about promotion and winning and attacking and having that freedom. Um, so I think it sort of just carried on. We kind of fell into where we were before with him. I think we knew we had a lot of success with him before, so it was like we can do this again. And obviously, Grant McCann in midfield was essentially Dean Keats in terms of that type of experienced midfielder who could score goals. What was he like? Was he similar to Dean, or was he a different kind of character? Definitely, yeah. He's he's got he's got a voice on him. He'll uh, he's got that experience, and he'll he'll get on people and if they need it, and get behind people. So, and someone like him taking free kicks around the edge of the box is always quite handy as well. <laughs> um, fast forward, obviously, to the um, MK Dons semi-final. Um, obviously lost away from home um, 3-2 thanks to Grant's penalty and Mark Little's fantastic di- I mean, fantastic uh, run to get into the box and uh, lure a penalty. Um, the second leg, obviously, the, the 2-0. A lot of players have said, and a lot of people have played in that game, have said what a wonderful atmosphere it was. Can you, can you remember much about yeah, that, that was, second leg? That was I, I was on the bench in those two games, but I think I come on in the last 20 minutes in the, the home game. Um, but yeah, that was that was an experience. After that, that was something that will um, stay in my memory. I had quite a lot of friends and family at that game as well, and I, I remember us up in the director's bit and all the fans were on the pitch. And yeah, that was that was a pretty good night. And and, and, a, and a, of course, the final, you, you had a, a key role to play in a sense of getting out of the way of Grant McCann's free kick. I seem to recall. Exactly. Yeah. If I wasn't there, that was not going in. The keeper would have seen it. <laughs> I mean, it's a strange thing to discuss because it is very flippant and very irrelevant to the situation. But when Grant was taking a free kick, did you have a role in the war? Did you just happen to find yourself there? Uh, he just came to me and said, "Look, 
come and stand in front of this ball and as soon as I get to the ball just step to the side so, so, so I did I was come on that's my first thing I had to do um so I was like all right okay I'll do that for you and I timed it perfect so good <laughs> it's not something really you can practice is it it's like you're following an instruction and you exactly. hit the ball on your head I was like what what do you want me to do <laughs> and yeah yeah and, and obviously that that feeling of, of getting promoted at Old Trafford and speaking to players that obviously involved they all wanted to play at Wembley I'm guessing you were the same you were a bit disappointed that it wasn't at Wembley um, but I guess yeah. for the story of Darren it was inevitable that it was going to be Old Trafford that, that led to glory yeah, definitely. No, it was it was gutting because Wembley is the final. But if you're going to have a replacement, there's no other better place, really, is there? And it and it and it works out really well because we got the opportunity to go and stay up in Manchester early, mm. and we were training at Carrington. So um, it was an amazing week. We were looked after really well there. Um, and obviously, yeah, coming away with the with the victory as well just topped it all off. Another medal in in your bank um, in terms of promotions, and then I guess from highs to lows quite quickly because Darren obviously made his decision that there were certain players that weren't going to go on the journey with him back to the championship. Can you, can you remember that conversation? I mean, is it, is it something that you expected or was it a real shock to you? Uh, no, I, I, I wasn't expecting anything. Like, um, but that year, obviously, I went on loan to Jill's coming back from an injury when Gary Johnson was in and they'd already, they'd already shown quite a big interest in me going back there. So, I think I had that maybe in the back of my mind that I could potentially go there because I really enjoyed my time there. I was back living at home with my parents and stuff, um, which was quite nice. Um, but no, I, I expected to to be at Peterborough that year uh, for the next season. But yeah, it didn't it didn't turn out that way. I suppose things always happen for a reason, and one of those reasons that ended up following you around like a bit of a bad spell was was Charlie Lee, who. <laughs> I mean, before before the before you left Peterborough, was Charlie a big mate in the dressing room, or, or it, were you close? Yeah, definitely, we were always close. Yeah, um, I actually lived with him the first time I was at Peterborough when we when we his house sort of like completed quite early, and mm. I actually was living in, with him for the first two or three weeks, so I got to know him really well. And he obviously he come from Spurs, and I was like, oh, he's, I'm a Spurs fan, so I was getting all these stories about Spurs, which I'm pretty sure he loved. Um, I shouldn't really say that now. Um, he'll lap that up. Um, but um, no, yeah, we we always always got on really well, and yeah, he, he followed me down to the Jills. <laughs> was that nice? I mean, I, I don't need to dwell too much career after Peterborough, but it, it's always nice when you go to another club if there is someone that you know. Oh, exactly. It made, it made it a lot easier. Um, having someone there that you, you know and um, we actually travelled in together to Jills we didn't actually live in Gillingham so we were actually travelling in to, together every day so yeah we our relationship grew like at our time at Jills we were there for three years Final few questions then um, during your time at Peterborough you obviously played with some great players um, is there anybody obviously people will say potentially George or this that and the other but is there any player that a, surprised you in terms of their ability. It's maybe underrated, if you like. And B, was George the best player you played with? Um, I, th- I think Boydie, yeah. Because he had that bit of class and that skill and that um, finesse about him. And goals, assists. Uh, it was a really... And I got on with him really well. So, yeah, Boydie was probably one of the 
four ones that sort of stood out a lot in my mind. Um, in terms of ones that have gone on to achieve more, um, uh, Benno's an unbelievable. Mm. I always, always knew Benno had this. He had, he had this sort of like calm, sort of relaxed kind of. And it was almost looked like he was like, it was almost too easy for him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it surprised me that he went on to do what he's done, which yeah, is yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, but we, we always knew that there was something there. And obviously, yeah, he's gone on to, to do that. Obviously, the goal against Leicester probably sticks in the mind, but obviously there, there would have been a better goal that you'd have scored in terms of, uh, you know, where, wherever it was and on the pitch. Is there anything that springs to mind? What, at Peterborough? Yeah. Because um, you scored quite a few, didn't you? I mean, let's be fair, you, you were a winger who, who scored a lot of goals, whether it be, you know, getting into the box late or headers or whatever it might be. But Most of my goals were back stick goals, weren't they? Mm. Um, but I think, I think that's, that's probably the goal that stands in my mind the most. Mm. Um, just the whole, the whole sort of feel of it all. Uh, the home game against Leicester, like a packed house. And it meant a lot. We were in a good run. Um, it's almost like a local derby, I suppose, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think I think that's the one that always sticks in my mind. And, and Joe took a great picture of me. So <laughs> he will be he will be absolutely delighted that he's got a mention. <laughs> no other players mentioned him so far. Um, and and just finally, then obviously you played for Darren twice. Um, was there any difference from first time to second time from a player's perspective? in terms of how he, how he was. I mean, I, he, he's always been described as a very good man-manager, knows his players quite well. Like, you know, there's been tales of, say, Gary Johnson maybe attacking Craig McHale-Smith, who potentially needed an arm around him, um, in terms of how, he, how they spoke. Was he, was he perfect for, for someone like you in terms of how he treated you? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I just, like, both times, I think, I think he treated me exactly the same. Um, I felt probably more comfortable the second time he came back. Obviously, mm. I, knew, I knew him quite well. He knew how to deal with me as well. Um, but so when he came back, I was it sort of it sort of gone from where he sort of left, really. So. Mm. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time.